Spit it out, boy. Your gums are flapping, but nothing's coming out. Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All his geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you want to go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 37 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Hey, you know, before we get started, I got some news to share with you. Ready for this? We have a sponsor for this episode. That's why I put on my good clothes and pants. <laughs> it's it got to go fancy. Broken Prism Games. Uh, you can check them out over at brokenprismgames.com. That was a stretch. I know. It's, hey, you know, I'll tell you right now, uh, and it gets me every time. Jason, it's Gray Gnome Games. It's graygnome.com. <laughs> <laughs> I put the games in every damn time. <laughs> like, uh, nope, that's not it. Well, that's because you like the porn that pops up at Grey Gnome Games. <laughs> yes. Little midget action. <laughs> so Broken Prism Games is really, really sorry that they sponsored this episode now. <laughs> Have they never listened? <laughs> not anymore. I'm going to go ahead and do this part. Actually, this uh, sponsorship was... Mostly, this is an easy sponsorship to do because it was mostly. He's like, "Can you talk about you know you guys <laughs> and how what you mean to the community?" So it was kind of cool in that aspect. But it's like, uh, I feel weird now. <laughs> but uh, he had a game called Host, uh, which is actually on in our review queue. Uh, so we'll be looking at that, I believe, in March. It was successfully kickstarted, so this is the final product. But it is available on the Game Crafter right now in a basic and a deluxe version. I do know that. So you can check it out on the GameCrafter.com. And it's just host, H-O-S-T, all caps, and you'll see it there. I think I can't remember what the, the, the page pulls up a few things, but it's you know up towards the top. But, of course, we'll throw a link into the standard and the deluxe version in the show notes. So Broken Prism Games, that was uh Great for them to decide they want to sponsor this show, and I think they've actually signed up to sponsor one other and a couple shout-outs along the way, so it's kind of cool of them to do. And uh, again, he just wants uh, people to know that he's sponsoring things like All Us Geeks, and uh, he likes you know the community aspect of here and uh, the Game Crafter, and uh, he wants people to know that without the two communities, uh, his game probably wouldn't exist. And that uh, I'm going to read this one because this is this is uh, Broken Prisms Games words, not mine. All Us Geeks is the first and best place for news about new and independent games. Well, thank you very much, sir. That was, that was very nice of you. We appreciate that. Yeah, there you go, Broken Prism Games. Thanks for being our sponsor this episode. Let's see general stuff. 
Well, I just I do have one Go thing ahead. for you. Sure. Just letting all our listeners know it'll be a week old by the time you get this. But no, 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 bastard. no, 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 you bastard. Don't go there. Don't go there. Time <laughs> marches forward. How dare you? Time marches forward. It has nothing to do with what are you editing. You are never satisfied. I am not. Get this audio up tomorrow. God damn it. I want instant gratification and manual. Anyways, despite the trials and tribulations of my broken ass laptop, I did get the video up for our attack wing uh, session. It's just a basic session, but it's up there on YouTube. So go check it out. Let us know if there's anything else you'd like to see. This is basically what you're going to do, what you're going to see if we do anything. My cat. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit of banter, some fast forwarding, and sometimes clever, sometimes stupid captions. Oh, yeah. No, no, say it. Come on. Huh? No, I, no, no, come I, on. I didn't know you were going to say captures. I thought you were going to say conversation. I was going to say <laughs> mostly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I had that right here. I mostly was, stupid I, conversation? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Attack wing. I was going to give you some love in the general. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan, so that, Jordan was kind enough to uh, take the point on that and, and edit that and get that up. So that's always awesome. That's all I had. Like Jordan said, I mean, uh, it, it, our YouTube channel, uh, that's always in our show notes, at least towards the bottom. But it's just, uh, you know, youtube.com slash user slash all us geeks. And uh, we've got several videos out there, game previews and gameplay. And uh, there's at least one of me babbling about being at an event. <laughs> yeah, if you're new listeners and you haven't checked out our channel, we've got some gameplay stuff. Like I said, Attack Wing just went up. We got some Warhammer. We got some Dust Warfare. We got game previews of stuff like uh, Four Tribes, which is upon Kickstarter now, and uh, Stones of Fate, uh, which is relaunching shortly, or has it? No, it's uh, relaunching in February. February. And uh, actually, the uh, that kind of leads into something else I was going to talk about as well. We actually have a uh, prototype copy of the new version. Jordan and I actually... Uh, auto. Yeah, we probably got one less game in the other day <laughs> just because we wanted to spend some time with it. And uh, my, my intention is probably this weekend from when we're recording this. So maybe about the same time. <laughs> But come weekend, I, I want to do some video stuff uh, myself. And one of the things I was going to do, uh, I told Jeff I would try to, at the very least, do a uh, here's the new stuff. So I'll show you the new and the old version of Stones of Fate. So it pro- might be a, a quicker video since we've already kind of – gameplay hasn't really changed. But the visuals have, and, and it's definitely – we loved the original. I, I mean, this one blows it away. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's definitely worth checking out the visuals on. And I will just say this. If you find the old Stones of Fate Kickstarter, there's been a recent update on it to let people know the relaunch is coming. There's also a clue to our next contest. So Cosmic Wombat Games is actually going to sponsor our next contest for next uh, month. So if you want to go, if you want to do a little little searching... Little treasure hunt there for you. You can see, uh, he, I think he listed what his intention was for the grand prize on that update. So it's, it's the one that made Jordan say he's quitting the podcast. It's worth checking out. <laughs> Could be the last time you hear my voice for two months. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the contest, that's actually something, since we're already in that space, that I kind of wanted to say. You know, we've kind of talked about things that you guys can do to help us and stuff like that off and on. Uh, I just want everybody to kind of know make it rain (laughs) the contest may seem kind of i mean kind of trivial 
I guess, to a point. Maybe some people might, you know, not as in like, oh, my God, you know, we're not getting much, but as in, oh, he's running a contest. Uh, that's cool. I might get some free stuff. But the contest actually is a win-win for the listeners and us because it's things like seeing how well the Mob Town contest is going that made Jeff go, hey, can you guys help me with a contest like that? And the other one I'm kind of in still talks with as well. So seeing people do the contests and actually get involved with them is what has other people come along and want to do them as well which of course then we get to pass on to our listeners. So uh, definitely check them out. And what I have been doing with the contest that we help co-sponsor, you know, you've got, again, you've got your normal stuff, your, you know, likes and follows and all that stuff. But I've basically kind of built into my template when talking to people about it is we at least have that one simple entry where all you got to do is click it and you get one entry. You don't have to do anything else if you really don't want to and you still have an entry into the contest. If you want the minimum effort yes. and minimum interaction with all us geeks, there you go. all you have to That's do. That's all you got to do. <laughs> so, yeah, it is, so continue uh, helping us out with the contest by entering them. That's all you got to do. And uh, whenever we can, I try to, when possible, I mean, if if – if it's possible, we'll try to make it for all of our listeners. Sometimes that's not possible. You know, so every once in a while we might have a contest that's like, you know, US only or something like that, depending on who's helping us co-sponsor it. But, you know, check it out and it'll be in the write-up. We'll never be doing it. anything with iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I also wanted to just let everybody know, when we co-sponsor contests as well, the only information that ever gets shared would be like the winners if our co-sponsors are actually shipping it. So we're not sharing your information if anybody's concerned about that either. Just wanted to throw that out there as well. We're selling it, though. Uh, at the highest bidder every single day. <laughs> we're just passing it back and forth between each other. All right. You know, people said that they like the uh, behind the curtains and, and knowing about it. So should we fill people in on what's going on with, sure. uh, well, with me, I guess? mostly but this could or has the potential to affect the podcast for an indeterminate length of time <laughs> so here's the deal i mean a, a lot of people from online anyway from the facebook and twitter and all like it's mostly facebook probably especially if you follow me personally or friend me personally megan and i have been a little stressed lately <laughs> Her father is not doing well and we've been kind of i mean as in like the whole family has been kind of waiting for you know he, he's been he's been moved to a va hospital and they're just kind of trying to make him comfortable uh, so there's a potential funeral there in our future while we were waiting for that to potentially happen her grandmother passed away uh so we just recently went to a funeral so uh that's why like sarah and i didn't do the last draft picks because we couldn't rearrange schedules and still get me off to the funeral and all that good stuff and again uh it's you know sad sad day and everything but uh this would have been her 101st birthday so she had a very wonderful life that we were able to celebrate so uh s sad day but uh, a lot of celebration as well but on top of that we got back from the funeral and uh, had a nice little note uh waiting for us uh, uh the place we live Megan has rented for 9 years now and uh we got a little note coming back from the funeral saying uh hey by the way we uh we're we're done being landlords and you've got till March 1st to find a new place to live <laughs> so this episode of depression with all the yeah. weeks is brought to you by <laughs> Symbalta if you're feeling sad lonely or depressed this <laughs> is little little Casey Kasem action or something <laughs> And then, 
they were kicked out of their house. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, there's this uh, oh, Dr. Demento song or something like that, where somebody was riffing on Casey Kasem and American <laughs> Top 40 or something like that. And, you know, he always does his spiel at the end. Well, this riff they did on him, it ends with, so f*** you, America, in the Casey Kasem voice. <laughs> yeah. So just we've been scrambling the last few days. Like we're recording late tonight, so if everything's messed up, that's why we're uh, we're off our our regular schedule. <laughs> Man, if one hour throws us off that bad, <laughs> it it'll happen. I'm usually well medicated by that. <laughs> I didn't have time to be get real medicated before you came over. Or... No, so uh, Megan and I have been like scrambling, looking at houses and stuff. We are actually making an attempt to like like uh, we found this out. Last Friday, I think it was. So come Monday, we've already had finances in place and or you know pre-approval and all that crap and a realtor and we've been looking at houses and uh, we're hoping to potentially make an offer by Friday. So we're scrambling, <laughs> we're stressed, but obviously then there may be a little uh, hiatus at some point in here. I've already uh, first room you got to pack and first room you got to unpack priorities. Well, I've already I, like Don, second room bathroom should be the first. Yeah. Don's our Don wanted to come at the end of February. I said tentatively, <laughs> we'll plan on that. But and then I filled him in real quick. So yeah, and we may have to. I mean, like you and I can always potentially record off of the portable stuff, and then you know I I've got places to edit or stuff. Where I'm a little more concerned is, you know, I've got interviews lined up through March. <laughs> Some of those may have to get messed with, and I hate to cut anybody off if I have if I don't have to, but we'll see. So we're not going anywhere. Actually, the the nice thing about this, uh, it actually takes some stress off of Jordan and I potentially because Megan and I were just getting to the point where we were going to sit down and start our plan to buy a house, but we weren't looking in the area, <laughs> and so there was always in the back of my mind, I know, is like, well, okay, how are Jordan and I going to get gameplays in? How are we going to record? Uh, you know, like right now, we're in the middle of, of the frozen tundra at the moment, and uh, this would not have been a good week to be driving to Stewart. <laughs> right, it, it is a little bit of a drive where we were kind of looking. So since it's so rushed, and you just wanted to be near pure pleasure. There is that. <laughs> Actually, now I'm rethinking everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait a second. If uh, I work from home. <laughs> but, you know, with the rush and everything, and Megan and I talked about it, and we're actually, we like the area and everything. And, and since I have a job where I can work from home if the roads get too crappy, uh, we're just focused in on the area. And we've already, we, like I said, we're hopefully going to make a uh, offer by Friday. We found two really nice places. And, of course, uh it's the first time the realtor's ever heard. So uh, where are we going to put the podcast space? Where's the studio going to go? And we had to explain what a podcast was. And then that led to explaining what Kickstarter was. And it was, it was like, well, wait a minute. Whose time is this and who's getting educated? <laughs> <laughs> so You've got time for this, but you can't get a door open? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, end result is we are... Definitely probably staying in Austin as long as we can get a house uh, here relatively soon. <laughs> so small hiatus, but nothing Jordan and I have to worry about later <laughs> after after all that's taken care of. All right. I do want to thank everybody. You know, we talked about BoardGameLinks.com last time. Uh, we were at like number 39, but we had something like 68 
hearts or something like that. We're at 40, so we dropped one. We've dropped, but we have more hearts. But we have more hearts, yeah. So some of you guys did go out there. That's cool. And, of course, we, we now have 72 hearts. Another stat for me to stock. <laughs> yeah, another stat to stock, which is awesome. <laughs> Except for that's all we get out of it, right? Yeah. We don't get to see, like, how Ooh. did we get one Japan heart? <laughs> But, you know, I want to thank you guys for doing that. And I don't. I, you're a jackass. That's why. <laughs> no, I guess what I'm going to I've actually seen people kind of complaining about not having more hearts or why aren't, why aren't you, why aren't, why aren't, if you listen to us, why aren't you going to, you know, all that kind of stuff. I've seen a little bit of that. I think it's ridiculous. I'm grateful for everybody that's already taken the time. I mean, you know, yeah, we didn't get like a huge jump, but what do I know? I mean, those could be listeners that we, we had 68 prior to that that could be following us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got a, a fairly decent Facebook and Twitter following as well and all that good stuff. Wait a second. I've just made a correlation. <laughs> Last that? step, you put out a call for clicks, and we dropped a spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. So this week, just avoid it altogether. Don't, pretend that site doesn't exist, please. Go vote for everybody ahead of us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's our call to action. <laughs> hey, you know that one podcast? They're awesome. Go vote there. No, I, I really, you know, I, I really do appreciate it. You guys are, yours are awesome. And uh, seventy two likes. I mean, for one, Jordan and I have known all along that we're not everybody's cup of tea, especially since we uh, aren't strictly one thing. <laughs> And some people don't enjoy that. But uh, what we do know is the individuals that get a hold of us on you know uh, a fairly consistent basis. You guys tell us uh, you enjoy what we do and, and, and this is what you're looking for. And that's good because we're not changing anytime <laughs> soon probably. So thanks for the love over there. We do appreciate it. You bet. Not all feedback has to be email or voicemail. Just showing love like that makes it a two-way conversation. Right. That said... <laughs> You you stay yeah you stepped on what I was gonna do. Uh, <laughs> my minor call to action this week, uh, and and now I hope you mean small. Yes, and you're not recruiting like children under the age <laughs> no, of eighteen. No, no. Small small call to action. <laughs> you know board game links, any of that crap. The YouTube, you know. Oh, we did get some YouTube subscribers as well because we asked for that as well. So mm-hmm. we did get a few uh, extra YouTube subscribers as well. So thank you for that as as well. That's really cool. Uh, and again. Either of those, you know, if if you haven't been there yet, go for it. Check it out and uh, subscribe if you want to know what we do or give us some love over on Board Game Links if you enjoy what we do. And, of course, like I said last time, there's a ton of good sites on there. We're not the only ones. Uh, and there's some, you know, any anybody that you enjoy, give them a little love and, and let them know that uh, you enjoy what they do for the, the gaming side of things. Here's what I think would be nice this time around. Going with my names, not numbers deal. That you always bring back to numbers somehow. No, no. This is actually not going to be numbers. Okay. Uh, It's kind of in in line with what I did today. You know, you and I... You want them to go house hunting? Yes. Find me a house, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) In the 55912 area zip code. Yes. And then let me know your name. (laughs) No. And then be available to help me move. Yes. And then... Then I will know you really do appreciate the podcast. No, uh, you know, we share a lot of things on Facebook and Twitter, and, and a lot of it is along the same lines of what a lot of other people do. It's like, hey, this is a really cool thing. Here's the link, blah, 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 you know, right? But what I decided today was I did the, hey, how are you guys doing? 
thing. And and we didn't get as much interaction on Facebook. We got a little bit, but I got a lot more on Twitter and there was a lot of back and forth and stuff. So that was really cool. And then, and it was a couple people that I hadn't really done a lot of interaction with. So that was kind of cool. So what I thought was, and you can do this however you want to, either uh, directly to one of us or the podcast at All Us Geeks. So Jordan at All Us Geeks, Jeff at All Us Geeks, podcast at All Us Geeks, whatever you want to do. But just drop me a line and say, hey, and let me know who you are, especially if you haven't interacted with us before. Uh, if you're listening and you haven't interacted with us before, just uh, drop a line and and uh, say hey. And Brian, let, you can just stick to Twitter. Yeah, you can stick to Twitter. <laughs> just let me know uh, who you are and uh, and where where you're at or something like that, and let's have a little email conversation. And and I want to get to know a few more of our listeners because uh, I've always we've always had some really cool conversations with the listeners that we do interact with, and uh, I'm always willing to talk to other people that uh, listen to us as well. So that's the call to action for this week. Or those two weeks. I think Kevin Bacon's outside. You're looking at me like I'm wrong. It's like, how dare you? No, not at all. <laughs> and then I'm the, just having a lot of pain in my foot right now. So. And then the last thing I had in our general thing was we did record the Pledge Drive audio. It is in the editing queue. So uh, if you participated in the Pledge Drive and what? What's Dude, the that was back in like December. <laughs> Haven't you got to that yet? Such a liar. <laughs> Such a liar. It was like last week. So trying to save us some embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. No, you're trying to save you some embarrassment because <laughs> that all went right on my shoulders. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that's in the editing queue. So hopefully we'll uh, be getting that out here very shortly. Again, around hunting for houses. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Game reviews. All right. We're actually going to take a look at two games. Ah, ah, ah. One, two, two games. Ah, ah, ah. One of them is launching on Kickstarter sometime in February, I believe. And the other one launched already. It just launched this week and it is doing very well. Actually, so that was cool to see. So the first one we're going to take a look at is Oddball Aeronauts. It's a two-player game. Plays about 15 to 20 minutes. This is a micro game. I'd call this a micro card game. Each player takes on a small deck. It ends up being, I think, 27 cards each. And it's kind of to represent your crew on a airship. So there's a pirate faction and a Pendragon. Is it? Yep. Yep, Pendragon faction. And those are 24 cards each. And then there are six event cards that you just kind of shuffle up, and each player gets three of those randomly to go on their deck. And then you shuffle up your deck, and you hold your deck, uh, your whole deck in your hand, and you always get to kind of know what the top three or four cards. I mean, they tell you you can look deeper, but uh, the top three is always kind of in your play area, if you will. The top three are your hand. Right. But you might want to know a little bit deeper because your top card might say you can discard it or do something with it. So now the fourth one becomes your top three once that goes away or something in your top three. couple things with this is, the, you know, it's the first player is uh, rock, paper, scissors, and then that determines who goes. No, loser goes first because you uh, whoever goes first in the round has to declare intentions first, uh, which could be a little bit of an advantage to the second player. I would uh, like to marry your daughter. <laughs> your intentions are foul, sir. Basically, how you play it, you're, you're trying to 
deck your opponent, basically. You're trying to uh, be the last player with cards still available to you. So, yeah, you're trying to, to deck your opponent of their 27 cards before your 27 cards runs out. The majority of the cards are made up of kind of, I'd say it's your crew, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's your crew and they all have stats on them for, what is it? Sailing, sailing, bo- camp, boarding and, and guns. guns. Not yes. in that order, but no. <laughs> that's the order. We sailing, just, guns and boarding, right? Sailing, guns and boarding and, uh, sailing, guns and boarding do different things. Not only do they have different stats, but depending on which one you choose, they do different things. So basically how a round goes is it goes in these steps. You look for events. So if you have an event in your top three cards, it'll get played unless your opponent also has an event in their top three cards. If that's the case, then they kind of negate each other out and they both get discarded. And then you look at what your top three cards now and again, this is where you, you know, you might want to know what your fourth or fifth card is. Then now that you have a new top three cards, is there an event? Uh, and this keeps going until either there isn't an event or only one player has an event and it gets played. You keep your deck in your hand and you're always kind of, you know, facing it towards you and looking at it. So discard is actually face down under the bottom of your deck. So you're always holding all the cards, uh, in your deck. Uh, other than when you initially play them. But whenever they're discarded, you know, they're face down at the bottom of your deck. So after you've decided, okay, events are either happening or not happening, uh, you go on to announcing which skill you're going to use, sailing, guns, or boarding. And again, this is where uh, whoever's supposed to go first gives their intention first. I'm using sailing this round. So then the, the other player will say, okay, I'm going with guns. And depending on what you pick, if you win, what you picked will trigger an effect. And we'll get to that in a second. No, no. No. So you uh, pick which skill you're going to use. And each skill on the card has a base skill. So if it's the top card, and you always keep them in order, so you're always kind of playing off your top card as your base, it'll have a base skill, and then it'll have like a plus something on it. And the plus something is if it's the second or third card. So if you play... Let's say you play sailing and you have a two there and your second and third card have a plus one plus two. Then you, if you use all three cards, you can end up adding three more to the two. So you'd have a five uh, as your actual skill when it comes down to comparing. Uh, And uh, the cards also potentially have a special ability on them and it'll be, uh, it'll tell you when, which, which step in the round you can play it. So it might say this is a step two thing so that when you're talking about announcing your skill, it'll say you have to, your opponent has to do this or you have to do this or this gives you this if your opponent picks this. So like you might get like if you pick sailing and your opponent picks guns, you'll get a plus two, that kind of thing. Uh, you have that and then you go on to step three, which is choosing how many cards you're going to use. You always have to use at least your top card. So you're either going to play one, two, or three cards. And by the rules, this is you basically kind of do the rock, paper, scissors thing again, except for you throw up fingers for how many cards you're going to use. Then that's how many cards you've committed to basically this combat comparison, if you will. And then you, after you've determined that, you lay those cards out and you determine the winner of the round by you know adding up the different skills and, and comparing the two. And then you go with whoever won what the result is. So when we're looking at that, you're looking at sailing. If you win from sailing, 
I'm sailing. <laughs> the winner gets to recover two cards, which is taking the ones towards the closest to their deck. So like some of the first ones discarded or the first ones discarded. Yeah, you go down through your deck until you encounter the first face down <laughs> discarded card and flip that over and flip those over. So you'll flip those two over and keep them on the bottom of your deck. Uh, so they'll cycle back up from the bottom. If you win with guns, the loser discards two cards. So they have to, uh, including or, or in addition to the cards they used for the battle. So those cards always get discarded. Uh, so this is two other cards besides that. And then if you win with boarding, the winner recovers one card and the loser discards one card. So those are the three different ways that, you know, three different effects that you can... Uh, potentially trigger depending on what you've chosen to do the battle with. And it's straight up value. Again, uh, Jordan pick sailing. I pick guns, add up what all our bonuses would be by the number of cards we had. Whoever is the greater gets their results. And then there's just kind of like a step like 5.5, which is basically to check to see if somebody's won. If, if somebody's decked, the game ends. If somebody hasn't been decked, you start it. You start a new round. And you basically continue to do that until somebody has run out of cards and then a winner is declared. Uh, so that is the uh, basics of how to play Oddball Aeronauts. So, components. What do you think, sir? Pretty basic. It's a box of cards. Yeah, and again, pointing out prototype. Oh, yeah. Not, not final art, not final anything necessarily. If what came in this box we received is generally what's going to be put out there in the final product cardstock's pretty good the art as it fit on our cards was uh well placed there was a good division between art and stats it's i mean it's very simply i mean i i didn't mean that wasn't a rip when i said that but it literally <laughs> is just a no a I, box of cards know, yeah it's a micro it's a portable mm -hmm. game tuck box game it's a micro two-player quick playing game throw this in your fanny pack while you're waiting in line for the next star wars movie and you know Right. Passing the time. Well, you know, and that's one of the things I guess I didn't really think about, too, while while we were playing it is it really is a potential stand-in-line type game. Mm, very mean, much a portable yeah. game, yeah. Because there, there's – you can just stand there, and there's nothing that's ever going to touch the ground. Right. I mean, unless the big guy that's <laughs> trying to butt in line, you know, and make sure he gets front row, you know, he takes you out. But So components, again, we usually don't talk about components too much with prototypes because they can always change, but I'm with you if, if – if it stays pretty similar to this, I mean, I like the artwork. It, uh, it would be nice. Cats with guns, man. Cats with guns, dogs with guns. No, not guess. dogs, just cats. <laughs> uh, but you know, cats it, with guns or cats with lightsabers. Dogs should have no weapons. Cats with lasers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I like, I like the art style. I think it's whoever did the art for it. I don't know if, if, if Nigel did it himself, but uh, it's a really nice art style. I really like what's there it'd be kind of cool to see it fleshed out colored out maybe even more because some of the some of what we got was like sketches still well i assumed that it would, it would right. all be fleshed out yeah yeah so but no it, that that part of it was really uh really nice so mechanics the mechanics took a second or two to work through but once we we got them figured out with the exception of that one typo but that didn't really impact the game that much. I would have crushed you anyway. <laughs> the mechanics are pretty straightforward. It's there's really only two three things going on, yeah. and uh, none of them none of them really overlap. So it's uh, one thing, one thing, one thing. 
Uh, rinse, repeat. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah it is very. Uh, the mechanics are, are very simple. Yeah, like you said, once you get kind of used to it, and sometimes the special ability stuff a little bit. But I mean, all of that was pretty straightforward. It's just understanding. Okay, the this is telling me what step to do it in. Or that yeah, but that, that but was, it was so the easy. issues we had were. You know, it's a prototype, and there were some obvious misprints. Yeah. You know, there, a couple cards had the wrong phase. The effect was clearly, it was like listed in phase five, but the effect was clearly meant to be in phase four. And right. one of them could have used a comma or a different wording. Oh, that you can only, the, as written, it, it, it reads like your opponent can only play two cards, mm-hmm. but I believe the intent is play no more than two cards on right. their next yeah. turn. Yeah, we talked about that. The two things I don't like. I am not a big fan of the whole rock, paper, scissors thing, and I'm not a fan of doing the... Uh, but again, this lens, like we said, if you're in a line, this makes sense, but uh, the whole one, two, three finger thing... I, <laughs> yeah, all right. TMI, dude! <laughs> I'm clearly a four-finger kind of guy. <laughs> I might have to get validation on that statement. Uh, no, I, those those kind of little gimmicky things are, I mean, I can see in circumstances where they'd be fine. But like what we did, we we gra- I had we had some extra D6s or I would have taken some D4s and we just did the, uh, you know, roll for who's first and hide your number until we're both ready to see show how many cards we're playing. Or I'm just so confident I threw it all out there right away. (laughs) I'm going to crush you so bad. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you did that before I even (laughs) declared what I was doing. Uh, I don't care. I have 32 points on three cards. (laughs) You're not going to win. But just little things like that I didn't care for. But in terms of being a portable game. In, in terms of being a, a portable game, it works. Because the other thing, too, would be as not playing it in a portable environment, I don't want to hold my deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, there's just minor things like that. But you're again, you're right. And, and, and looking at it in that light, as a portable game, this this really is one of those games where it's like you can play anywhere. You know, I mean, you talk about we talk about the micro thing for like love letter and stuff. Well, you still need table space mm-hmm. for the most part. This really is a guess what? You don't even need a table kind of thing. So that is, that is kind of cool. I do like, I like when you that. got like eight people stuffed in a van on the way to Gen Con, yes. you know, there you go. There's your game. So you need four copies. <laughs> well, I'm hoping the driver is not participating. <laughs> do a round Robin. Um, <laughs> no. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's, I, I, I like that portable aspect if i'm in a portable environment few changes though if you're just going to be in a regular gaming environment i mean like i said i I, i'm not a big i'm not a big rock paper scissors guy on anything i just think it's it's a little overplayed sometimes and and i just don't care for it and then taking the rock paper scissors to one two three yes you know exactly (laughs) what i'm talking about i did that that entire game I just spun the well, thing. We both wherever, did. <laughs> wherever it lands, I don't care because I'm not playing rock, paper, scissors. What was uh, that? I don't know. I forget what game uh, it was. Wiz War? No, no, it's not. Uh, that, one of the ones that Jordan pulled yeah, out. Yeah. And then again, it's you know the the one two three uh, finger thing is again it's just rock paper scissors. So obviously, well, it's not that, even that though because it's just how you're announcing it. It has no impact right. on what your opponent is doing. Yeah. So rules. What did you think of the rules? Other than the one typo, the printouts we got seemed fairly straightforward. Uh, we didn't really have to refer to them that much. 
you had read them. You gave me the rundown of the game. We got into the game. The only thing we were referring to on a consistent basis was uh, what happens when we win with what skill, because right. we mm-hmm. have no retention skills. At yeah, all. I was just going to say, yeah, we, that was probably partially our own deal. But just two reference cards with just that piece, and we probably wouldn't have picked up the rules half as much as we did. Because, yeah, it was always, well, okay, wait a minute. What happens when I when I pick sailing? What happens with guns? Uh, especially if it was one we hadn't used in, like, five rounds or something like that. I mean, repeated play, that's no longer going to be an issue. Right. But, it, it's, yeah. you're gonna but still pick it up the reference card. Yeah, a little reference card, and, you know, you're not going to have you're not going to pick up the rules nearly as much. It would have been nice, I would say. I mean, the version we got, and obviously a Kickstarter version probably would, but you know, just throw it in the little mini booklet that comes that that the game crafter has with the tuck boxes now. Uh that would that would have been nice cuz it's folded doc sheets right now. But as far as reading them and understanding the game and all that stuff, I mean, we were we were solid there. A little bit of typo-y stuff in the rules uh, from time to time or clarification-y kind of things and a couple things on the cards, but nothing that ever stopped us from playing the game start to finish. Nothing that really took us out of the game for more than a couple minutes tops. I mean, that's even stretching it, I think. So, yeah. So teachability, going right into that, same thing. I mean, the rules were pretty easy, pretty straightforward, and teaching, I mean... It's the the five steps, and once you once you go through the first round of knowing the five steps, uh, it's rinse and repeat, and it's just a matter of looking at your cards. And again, it's this is my stat, this is the pluses I get if I use one card or two cards, or, and so on, and the special ability kind of thing. It's it, it's all pretty compact, so no no real issues there at all. I would say. I mean, I, I don't think you could teach this to anybody really. I mean, it's it's not going to be a problem. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Bam. Uh, theme. What do you think of theme? Eh, you know, <laughs> no. Theme doesn't work for me. It's not a well-known fact. Yes, it is. I'm not keen on animal games. And while this is not... It is an now anim- well-known to me. <laughs> um, you so, know. let's play Mob Town. <laughs> with, uh... No, well, you know, I've mentioned that before. Mice and Mystics is the exception to that rule. For the most part, though, games that focus around animal, animal art, animal anything, animal characters, uh, doesn't do it for me. And not at all related to this game, but as I have mentioned before, I'm just kind of burned out on steampunk right now. So the whole airship thing, cats with guns, that's cool. Dogs with goggles, not so much. Badgers with clubs. I mean, the concept is there. I give them props for putting the thought into what they have provided because I think it is fairly a good mesh, a fairly original mesh of various things that I don't like, but <laughs> it is well done. I just don't particularly like it. Theme-wise, I was fine with it. I didn't really get, I don't know what it was. I, I guess I didn't get a ton of the of theme off of it while we were playing it. I mean, it it made sense, but... No, I, 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 I thought thematically, I think it's very strong. I got a, a very good sense of you know, pirates versus the Navy kind of thing. The, mm-hmm. the, the three skills and the, uh, the, the names of some of the, like the smokers, mm-hmm. you know, and you got the people on the pirate side with clubs and, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the Navy's, well, they're not the Pendragons, but you know, the Navy, you know, I, I did get the very strong theme of if it had been on the water, you know, good naval kind of pirate boarding game, you know, that, that, and that theme stuck there. Uh, with the the airship theme added onto it, I thought it was very evident. Okay, I just didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I, I like the art and everything. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe I'm not. I don't know. 
Maybe not an airship person. I don't know. You know, I just, I don't know. I'm having a hard time. I think there's definitely an audience for those, both thematically and as a micro game. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I think it it actually it actually went up a notch or two for me just from you making that statement that, you know, this is a extremely portable game, you know, kind of thing. And uh, I, I didn't think about that at the time because you and I were sitting down and playing it at a table, you know, and, and trying to get the plays in and trying to trying to look at it that way. And, you know, sitting at the table uh, after playing, you know, the multiple other games that we had played. And now I'm like, why am I holding all my cards? Why am I playing? No, I'm not going to play rock, papers and scissors. Get out the D6s, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But having that statement out there now, that makes a lot of sense for where it has some potential and maybe just throw in the variant of if you don't want to do this kind of thing, which is always a nice option to have, I think. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the theme, the theme is there and it is, I mean, that whole I'm sailing. Well, I'm shooting you with my guns or I'm going to try to board you or something like that. Yeah, that, that all is very, very there. I guess for me though, I, I don't know why. I guess I didn't think about that as much as it, as it was like, well, okay, um, what are my bonuses and that mm-hmm. kind of? I mean, it, it got a little too. The math got in the way for me. I think uh, it would have been but nice. That's easily, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah, I, you know, even with most of the a good amount of the special abilities, it was if they do this and you do this, you get a plus two. You know, there was a lot of that. I mean, there was more than that, but there was a lot of that. So I think I think that's where maybe I'm I'm coming from is the math got in the way for me sometimes. Yeah, I can see that happening very quickly. This is not a this is not a game with thematic longevity. You know, it's still a good little portable micro game, but after a while, it will just be a math game. Yeah. All right. So fun factor and slash overall, I guess. What's your wrap up on this one? It's not a bad game. It works well for what it is. But my overall fun factor, you know, going back to. My previous statements on theme, yeah, nah. I don't think it's a bad game. I, I I think we came out of the gate saying that after we got done playing it, it's like this is not a bad game. It just doesn't ring well with us, and it didn't ring well with us at that time. Like I said, I I'll give it a couple notches up for the portability aspect. I do think that's kind of cool. After you know us talking about it here, I think that's a cool thing. I think that is like that is almost like the ultimate micro game design right to like not even need a table to play this game just grab it out of your backpack and go while you're waiting in line for uh, the next star wars <laughs> <laughs> overnight that that kind of thing but the math got in the way a little bit for me for the theme not a big rock paper scissors type person uh replacing it with the, like the d6 worked out pretty well for me i i was fine with that aspect of it so bad game no it, it, it like you said earlier it, there's an audience for it uh it just wasn't us mm-hmm. and i think that's a good solid place to leave it it th- we can definitely see uh where some people would like this game we definitely see the potential that this game has and what groups might like it it just wasn't us yeah i, I wouldn't hazard a number on this because it would be so so prejudiced <laughs> by my my feelings that you know there's no this is one that I can't really, just thematically was just so wrong that there's no fair number. All right. So, uh, again, Oddball Aeronauts, and that should be coming to Kickstarter here in February. Next up is Draco Magi, which is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, this is the one from uh, Robert Burke and Richard Lanius, 
who I did an interview not too long ago. So that's out there right now. You can always listen to that, which was an awesome conversation. Most of those interviews I have a really good time with, but that was one like after the recording stopped, we talked for another half hour uh, about not only this, but Kickstarter and and this going to Kickstarter and what should happen and all that. So it's so it's it's always a lot of fun to have those conversations. But looking at Draco Magi, let's see the object of the game. The players take the role of two chosen acolytes seeking the magical gems to unlock their scrolls and become the Draco Magi. I don't know why I was chosen. That's banked hard. <laughs> true <laughs> a player achieves this goal as soon as they achieve one of the following so uh your win conditions on this one are if you get three gems of a different color three gems of the same color or four gems of any color those are your win conditions and how do you get these gems well let's talk about some of what you get in this game apparently i don't know <laughs> did you get like one i got, I got one. one i got the first one <laughs> So this is another two-player game. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of I mean we're looking at two uh, different two-player games. This one is a little bit longer, probably around the 30, 30 or less once you get used to it. <laughs> once we're doing battle magic properly. Yes. <laughs> once you're not once you're not holding, holding 40 the cards. This is 30 minutes or less. Uh, unless you're us and you're trying to completely screw each other over and you've got one of the designers on Facebook settling arguments left and right, then it's about an hour. It is a well-known fact <laughs> I try to break games, and I almost did twice. Uh, and the fact that if you give us an opportunity to dick, dick one another over, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, there's so much dicking that can happen here. <laughs> Robert, can I do this? No. no. Damn it. <laughs> Well, how about if I do this? Yes. Then can I do this? No. No. <laughs> ah! All right. But I want to. Okay. So what you get here is you get uh, you get a green dragon deck and a gold dragon deck. So that's your main deck of the dragons that you're going to be able to summon to the battlefields. Uh, so you get a bunch of double-sided battlefields. Let's see. Uh, let me go down the component list he gave me here. 16 double-sided battlefield cards, 40 battle cards, which those are divided between the two players. There's a uh, gold dragon battle cards and uh, green dragon battle cards, 18 advanced battle cards. That's a single deck that's used by both players. And then there's 52 dragon cards, so that's the main dragon deck for both players. So you divide that by two. And then you get a first player marker, you get a rule book. And and, the biggest bag ever. Yes. And you get an index sheet, which basically is a, a nice little, he gave us a nice little write-up of what the different dragons are and more detail on their special abilities and stuff like that. So, and again, pointing out up front, prototype, I'm thinking about, potentially doing a video for this one this weekend as well, just to kind of show off the cards. But again, I don't even have a box. I mean, this is, this, uh, this was a, as prototype as you can get. It all came in baggies and a, a nice, here's the six plastic and, bags and shipping be coming pack. with your yeah, game. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's prototype stuff, but a lot of it is some of the final artwork and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a gorgeous game and we'll get to that in a second. So how do we play this game? Poorly. If you're Jordan, <laughs> there you go. Separate all your decks. So, you know, your gold dragon deck and your green dragon deck, your battle decks are separate as well. So, you know, those two don't mix together. Uh, but, you know, the, the green and the gold dragon have their own battle decks. And then there's a advanced battle deck. So you, you separate all those, you shuffle them all up. And then, of course, you got your battlefield cards. 
uh, which are double-sided, but you shuffle those up as well. doesn't matter which side comes out, but you're going to be dealing off of the bottom uh, so you don't see like what the next gem is going to be or whatever right away. So you do that. You determine who the first player is going to be. By the rules, it's oldest player. Eh, we roll a die. <laughs> I hate I'm not a reflection of this game, but I hate those kind of arbitrary. I, I do just, too, and it's it's well known. Who was for the me. last person to take a train ride? Yeah, you know, who it, cares? It's well known to me. Either just you know, tell me to just say random because I'll grab a. There's always a D6 around somewhere, <laughs> or I'll I'll make sure there is one, or there's an app <laughs> where I can roll some dice. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of those either. Um, I roll my own dice, but it, yeah, and that has nothing to do with with this game. It's a general feeling that is well known for me. I, I voice that all the time. Uh, let's see. The advanced battle deck, uh, you mix those up. You can take the advanced battle deck, and each player gets three cards off the advanced battle deck. You'll choose one that you're going to keep. You choose one that you're going to give your opponent, and then the other one gets shuffled back into the uh, battle deck, the advanced battle deck. So you kind of start off with two of these advanced cards, which are more powerful, potentially more powerful than your you know basic battle cards. One you get to choose, one your opponent is giving to you, and so you know you get you shuffle those into your main battle deck, and then the battlefield deck. Like I said, you, you've already kind of shuffled those up. You're going to start with three locations, three battlefields out in front of you. So off the bottom of the deck, you'll put out the first three, and what that's going to show is the battlefield, which has got some really nice battlefield art on it. Uh, and then it's going to have a gem on it, a color gem for if you win that battlefield, that's what, that's the gem you'll get. And you just collect the card and it shows the gem. Uh, and then there's a little scroll on both sides. And, and by little, I mean little. There's a little scroll on both sides and it's going to say if there's any kind of uh, ability. Uh, associated with that battlefield. So, for instance, if you're in the dungeon, I believe you can't fly. So you can't use any of your flying cards. There's some that give you negative ones. And, you Metallics know. get negative one. There yeah. was one we saw. Gold dragons couldn't uh, use their range attack. Couldn't range attack, yeah. yep. So there's something going on on each battlefield. You just got to kind of make sure you know what it is. So the battlefields go out, and then when you're, uh, you, shuffle, you shuffle up your dragon decks, and uh, each player starts with eight cards. Yes, eight dragons. So you, yeah, you start with eight dragons. And then you go into the phases of the game. Phase one they call the scrying pool, which is actually skipped on the first round because you've already set up the battlefield locations. But basically all the scrying pool is is if there are any locations that have been claimed, so there's empty spots of the three spots, you just fill them in off the bottom of the battlefield deck. So you just make sure there's always three battlefields on the uh, game table at any time. Phase two is summoning dragons. That's basically where you draw back up to eight cards. So uh, you once you've once you've got your battlefield done, you can draw back up to eight cards, and then you command dragons. And this is the phase where you take turns. First player, uh, second player, you rotate back and forth, putting dragons down on battlefields. Uh, so you can have three, three up three to max. three dragons in Despite a battlefield on your efforts. side. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so you can uh, have a max of three dragons on a battlefield on your side of the battlefield. And, you know, that you don't have to stick to, like, one battlefield. I mean, you can put them wherever you want. 
between the three battlefields. And some of that is on the... We should probably talk a little bit about what's on the dragon cards. When you're placing a dragon, a dragon might have a special ability. So you'll want to know what that is. Uh, There's a shield icon with a number in it. That is what you will be able to defend with. Uh, The number of cards you'll be able to defend with if somebody range attacks that dragon. And then there's a fireball symbol uh, with potentially a number. Not all dragons will have one next to it. And if there is a number there, that means that dragon has a ranged attack. And that's how many cards they get to use in a ranged attack. And then there's a basically like three claw scratch uh, symbol on the other side. And the number there is your melee attack. And that's how many cards you get to draw because of that dragon. And when we get to melee, we'll talk about uh, how many cards you get to draw total. So if you're playing it as you play a dragon, if it has a ranged attack, that happens as you play it. And for the ranged attack, if you do that, basically you uh, are attacking the top dragon. So you're always putting the three dragons on top of each other. They're kind of last one out is protecting the ones underneath it, basically. So you're always attacking the top dragon. So if you do a ranged attack, uh, you're you're attacking your opponent's top dragon, and then they're going to be able to defend with their shields. Now, this is where, and this is actually something I really like about this game. Your battle cards are dual purpose. So when you're doing it for ranged and defense of ranged, you just basically look at the top of the card in the proper spot and you count up bursts. So if in the fireball half of the card, if I pull three cards and I only get two bursts, that's two potential damage. So Jordan's going to say have three cards because he's got a, a three and a shield. If he throws that up and looks and he can't get three or two bursts, then the attack is successful and that dragon goes away. Or if he's successful, then nothing happens and they both get to stay there. And so that's the the top half of the battle, the battle cards. The uh, bottom half comes in when we start talking about melee here in a little bit. So you place your dragons wherever you want. And again, if you have a ranged attack as you're placing them, you go ahead and do that. Or if a special ability happens because of a placement, you do that as well. The only one uh, I can think of off the top of my head is the one that we had a lot of fun with was just Blink. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a, yeah, Blink moves things around, and there's their polar dragon that freezes the battlefield. Oh, the polar, yeah. Uh, there's the purple dragon that you can slide out of, doesn't have to be out of top. turn. It doesn't have to be the top dragon of your, right. uh, and then there's, uh, the black dragon that, uh, it, it's effect That's doesn't melee. Yeah, its right. effect doesn't come into play until melee, but it also doesn't have a ranged attack. Right. There's the silver dragons, right, which don't have shields but can't be attacked range. Reflective that, scales. That, yeah, reflective yeah. scales, yeah. So that I mean there's so those are all kind of little things you're taking into consideration while you're playing to the battlefields. Uh not only are you looking at oh well, you know, if I put, Oh and there's the what the I want to say fury, but that's not at raging. I don't know. The dragon that takes all the dragons take one hit. It doesn't really have much oh, damage. The, ba- much, the battle dragon. Battle dragon, yeah. All the da- dragons take one hit, but a battle dragon takes two hits to kill. Right. Yep. And then so you're considering what the battlefield effect is and what your special ability is and do you have range and and what your shields are and all that kind of stuff as you're playing these dragons out to these different battlefields. So then you basically uh, to end the command dragons phase is either you've maxed out the dragons that you can put out, which 
You know, you won't quite max out with only eight cards. Uh, but if you use all eight of your dragons, and, and both sides use all eight of their dragons, and everything's out. But you can stop at any time you want to if you want to carry over dragons. You don't have to put all eight cards out in one turn. But once both sides are done putting dragons out, then you go on to, uh, and as you've put those out, you've already done the ranged attack. So, you know, some attrition may have already happened. So then you go on to phase four, which is the dragon melee phase. Now on the dragon melee phase, you look at the melee stat for all of the dragons on that battlefield on your side. So if you've got three dragons out and let's say they all just happen to have a two in melee, you're actually going to be able to draw six cards. And then uh, whatever whatever the number is on Jordan's side, he'll draw those cards. Now for this battle, and you do this per battlefield. So for this battlefield, we're going to do this melee battle. Let's say I was the first player with my six cards. I get to determine how I attack Jordan in, in this instance to try to get rid of some of his dragons. Now I can combo if there are sim- there are some symbols on the bottom, sun, moon, and stars, mm-hmm. I believe it was. If or none. I, or none. If I have, say, three cards that have a sun on the bottom, I can combo those three cards together and make that one attack. If I don't have something like that, then I can only play one card. And then, so let's say I had three suns and it was a, let's go with the magic bite claw because that, that's potentially one of the things you can do. So if I do a magic bite claw as the attacker because I played a magic card, I get to redraw my three cards. Now Jordan has to decide how he wants to defend that and if he can. So looking at his type of cards, now he's not as, he's not concerned about the symbol side. I'm concerned about the symbols for the combo. He's just discer- uh, concerned about what he can defend against and what he wants to defend against. So he's got magic, bite, claw. The one caveat, though, is as it sits right now, if he defends the bite claw, he'll get to redraw those cards. But if he defends the magic, he doesn't get to redraw anything while I still get to do my redraw. So he's got to determine how he's going to defend against that magic bite claw because for every unanswered part of that attack, he loses a dragon. So you know he's got to determine where he stands on that, how many cards he wants to keep because once I'm done with this attack, he gets a counterattack against me with whatever cards I have left as well from my side of the defense. I don't get to draw extra cards after that uh, only because the only cards I get to draw is because I happen to have a magic in the mix. So if I did bite, bite, claw, I wouldn't draw anything, and then Jordan has to try to defend against bite, bite, claw. And then Jordan will take over. You know, We'll determine if anything got, goes through, if any dragons go away. Now it's Jordan's turn to counterattack me in the same way. You either do a bite, bite, claw. You, know, you either match every card or you play a fly card if you're allowed. And that lets you escape everything because basically you've taken to the air and now magic and bite and claws and all that stuff don't work unless they played a bind, which says you're not allowed to play a flight, which sucks. <laughs> so that's kind of how you know melee works back and forth so it's a, an attack counterattack, and then once that's done you look and say all right does one side have more dragons than the other if one side has more dragons than the other or all the dragons if i happen to wipe out all of the dragons in one hit there's no counterattack, and i i go ahead and win that battlefield which means i get that gem and the gems are color-coded uh so you know you're looking at oh i, I just got a blue gem now, if I get two more blue gems, I win 
kind of thing. And we kind of mentioned that they're double, the, the battlefields are double sided. So like there's one dragon with the blink ability that has the potential of flipping it over the flipped over side can be the same. Uh, but usually something on it is a little bit different. It might be the gem At the color very least, change. The gem color yeah. changes. Sometimes the game text will change too. Right. And some I mean sometimes it's just a different environment too. Yeah. yeah. So that's melee. And then the final phase is kind of they call nightfall, uh, which is basically you you can discard cards. And you know, if you if you carried over dragon cards, you can discard as many as you want because going into the next round you're gonna be drawing back up to eight. And then you also, each player gets to draw one new advanced battle card, and you take all of the battle cards and reshuffle them, all your battle battle cards that have been discarded, and reshuffle them into the deck. Now, when we were talking about the battlefields, we talked about one battlefield, but again, you do that for all three battlefields, and your battle cards do not carry over. So once you're done in a battlefield... Everything you drew for that battlefield gets discarded, used or unused, and then you go on to the next battlefield and do the whole total up your melee cards, draw them, that kind of stuff again. But you're going to cycle through your battle cards fairly quickly. Right. You're not adding the advanced battle cards enough that you're going to bloat your deck, and there's no penalty. It's just as you need to, you reshuffle. Yep. At the end of, you know, if you go through a full round, at the end of phase five, phase five is the nightfall phase. Uh, you'll add an, another advanced battle card to your deck, so you you kind of make your battle deck a little bit stronger, and that all gets shuffled up, and then you rinse and repeat until somebody hits the win condition. And that is how you play Draco Magi. So, components. Yet again, it's just a deck of cards. <laughs> Only we didn't even get a box. We just got plastic bags and an envelope. No, you uh, bastard. <laughs> again, it's uh, pre-prod, so it is just cards. But the artwork, uh, the completed artwork on the cards that we have anyways for the dragons, very nice. I'm assuming the battle cards are not done. Uh, And if they are, change them. The battle cards could be very much prettier. Currently, they're just borders and bursts and some words. And I think graphic design could improve there. So I'm hoping this is not the finished product. But cardstock, good. The art on the dragon cards, very much uh, enjoyable. The back of the cards, the dragon theme is everywhere. The back, you know, the each dragon deck has a dragon on it. And then the ABC and the BC decks have uh, twine dragons on them. So the dragon theme is very much there on all the components. So uh, the components are all tied together very well. And what we received is pretty good card, pretty good card stock. I like it overall. I don't have a problem with the battle cards. I'm fine with the way they are. I like the dual purpose of the battle cards. Oh, Um, yeah, the purpose serves well. I just think they could be prettier. Yeah, but, I mean, for what they're used for and how quickly you kind of go through them, I'm fine with it the way it is. I, I would be fine if this is what you got. I mean, yeah, you could probably do some, you know, prettying up borders and and all that kind of stuff but the dragons themselves though those are just beautiful i mean those are um, uh, awesome i mean i kind of gushed on that when we were doing the interview but it's deserved i I think this is a very beautiful game and and if you're a dragon fan this is an awesome game i mean it's it's a a great one to add to your collection where i will say and because you and i joked about this while we were playing it a bit is the battlefields and the small scroll text I mean, it's it's extremely small. Now I you get. I mean, you're trying. It's well, that hard to one do. One card was the yeah. the magi planes because there was so much 
they were putting into that one tiny scroll. Right. That's that's the only one that was very bad, sufficiently bad that we missed it like three times. But the other ones where there were smaller effects, mm-hmm. that wasn't so bad. And it's a it's a hard thing to kind of balance, right? Because they're trying their best to like, here's the artwork. I mean, it's all artwork and then the little scroll on each side. And they put it on both sides, which is kind of, that is kind of nice. They thought enough, uh, ahead enough to like, okay, this is a two-player game. They're battling on both sides. Each player should be able to read what the effect is without flipping the card or anything like that. So that part is cool. But yeah, some of it, I mean, the text is extremely tiny then. And like you said, especially the one where it was, you know, multiple sentences and (laughs) got a little hard to read sometimes. So that's the one thing for me that would be nice if it changed a little bit, but I'm fine with it the way it is too. I mean, because I, I, again, I love the artwork and stuff on it and I love the art focus Mm -hmm. on a lot of it too. Mechanics. Uh, I'm going to let you go because uh, you brought up a good point while we were playing. Oh, put me on the spot. That's right. Uh, ah. I'm assuming it, you're it was the- my comparison to what, what I wished High Command was. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of similarity here, if you'll remember our discussion of High Command with putting out locations and we're dueling over locations. Same basic concept here as in High Command. And as you'll remember, we both very much gushed over the technical aspects of High Command, but then in the final implementation of the game and the theme, we were very neutral. But with this, even though the base concept of dueling over Battlefield remains the same, the final implementation of 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 the dueling, just in the middle of the game, I said, this is what I wish High Command had been. It was very much more, well, it's not to say that High Command was less streamlined, but it's f- certainly much more interactive. High Command was very much, uh, I'm going to do this and you're going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is much more interactive, both in terms of how you're planning your dragons and how you use your um, attack decks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, yeah, there's that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's how how you use your cards, and and there's that there there's that gamble. I think one of the things we or I didn't say while we were talking about the the battlefield melee is if you're tied for dragons, it just stays out, and you it's yeah. their their next next round to battle over again. So you're kind of taking all of those things into consideration. And like you kind of said um, when we were playing, is you're you're planning more than reacting uh, as much as you were in like high command. And that's like that goes back to whether you're going to play all your dragons in a turn right. because you can hold over, or you know hold a few backs, pass your turn, see how what you have going on lasts, and then decide whether you even you want to keep those because you can discard your dragons. And so do you want to draw six or just need a full eight? You know, mm-hmm. so there's yeah, it's and there's also the you know, I've got my battle dragon out. He can afford to take a damage. I'll I'll let this go so I can hold on to more cards mm-hmm. for my counterattack. Or I can afford to lose a dragon because I might, I think I might be able to get two of Jordan's dragons. You know, there's all those little things that you're kind of thinking, thinking about. You know, you're always on the lookout for, okay, uh, uh, especially as the attacker, can I do magic? Because it'd be nice to have a bunch, all, a bunch more cards in my hand. Uh, so you might even potentially take a or do a lesser attack because you get to draw back up kind of thing. So there's a lot of little things going on that just looking at the game, you might not think about, uh, but actually it's two very it. small decks that yeah. come, you know, you don't, it doesn't lead you to assume to assume there's going to be a lot of options here, but there really are. Yeah. It's just, it's a well done game that, 
really worked in its implementation uh, and worked well. Rules. I th- I, the rules were fine. We had no problems really. Well, yeah, when rules. you're talking to the designer. <laughs> well, yeah, when you got him on. Well, see, but again, uh, base rules, how to play the game. I mean, we got that no I problem. I admit, I was causing, I, I was trying to break the game. There were things <laughs> that I saw that was like, well, this as worded makes me think I can do this. But if I do, that's breaking the game. So clearly, sure, surely it might not must not be this way. Yeah. But let's double check. Yeah. Well, and at one point it was Robert was like, "I've been thinking about changing that," and we we're like, "Don't, don't. because <laughs> because you just opened up a whole can of worms if you do that." But you know, the sheet bringing it over, us talking through like the first game and everything. I mean, we were up and running. We we understood what was going on. It wasn't none of this. Well, what does he mean by that kind of thing? It was it, like you said, it was more along the lines of, "Ooh, if I could do this," you know. And it, but it was. With having an understanding of how to play the game, just ooh, if I could do this, mm-hmm. I could, I could make this happen, kind of thing. So rules wise, pretty straightforward. And again, uh, I'm dealing with a prototype here, so we're talking about rules without, you know, the image examples or any of that other kind of stuff that you might see in the final version. Uh, straight text rules, we figured out, we got it, and we and we were off and playing. So teachability, same kind of thing, not that difficult at all you know hey i'm uh, taking turn we're taking turns putting dragons down one at a time you can only have three on the, on your side for each battlefield you know all that kind of stuff some small things i mean just like you know okay here's what happens with a range attack you know we had that little well wait a minute this is magic well no this is a range attack so you're using you know the the initial mm-hmm. uh the dual purpose cards kind of thing I mean, once it's explained, you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And again, I mean, and range stuff is so simple. The top half of the card, again, is counting bursts on your side of the card that you're trying to well, do. Well, for me, that was generally zero. There was not much <laughs> counting I needed to do, either on attack or defense. So, yeah, the uh, the rules, not a problem. A couple minor gotchas here and there, but after a, oh, no, this this is why uh, we we were fine. So teachability, what do you think? Easy. Yeah. It's I I could and I've thought about doing it. I can easily pull this out and have Megan play and she'd be fine. But again, it's it'd be very easy to teach. So uh, definitely one for a game night, a game day. I, I'd pull this out. I think this would be a good one for a game day. To, a couple people walk in late and and need a, a game to play while other a couple other things finish up. That kind of thing. While their paid friends grind through zombie side. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, theme. What you got for theme on this one? Dragons, man, and some of them are purple. <laughs> this is true. No, and, and the sneaky ones are purple. Yes, <laughs> great combination. Theme is dueling with dragons, not dueling dragons. You're the acolyte that yep. is summoning the dragons to do the dueling. It's not a heavy theme, but it's present in every aspect of the game. There is the battlefields. There are no dragons on the battlefields, but there is a reference to something draconic on each, yes, <laughs> on each battlefield. And there are dragons like on every, either the front or the back of every card. So yeah, it's the, the dragon theme is very there and very present. And for me, very much liked. I really like the theme in this one. I really like the whole concept of it. Again, you know, it's the, the battlefields and, commanding the dragons to land on you go to this battlefield you go to you know that kind of thing and even something as simple as the advanced battle cards like we would play something and and 
you, you know, the, there was that one you were like, oh, I haven't seen that card before. I wasn't expecting yes. that. You yep. know, that kind of thing, uh, which was really kind of cool. It was just like there was it. I that- made the mistake of trying to get mathy at the wrong point. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, and he had the Trump. <laughs> so, you know, just those kind of things. So, you, you know, you, you, these acolytes that are, you know, dealing out dragons to, to do damage and, and having potential variable powers, which, you know, the variable powers are, are pretty consistent across the board. It's just how, you know, is well, this yeah, a like double? In the, in the basic, you've got like magic, bite, claw. Uh, but in the advanced deck, you'll have like ancient magic that counts as two attacks or a card that can be a bite or a claw. So if you're trying to load up on, you know, like six bites, cause he, you hope he doesn't have six bites to block with or something that counts as two bites or two claws. Or my favorite one was a wing attack, a, uh, a clawed wing attack, which counts as a claw and, uh, doesn't allow your opponent to use a flight card to escape mm-hmm. at the same time. So the advanced magic cards, Aren't adding a le- uh, there are they're adding a layer of options, but not necessarily complexity. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, all of that ran together really well. All right. So fun factor overall. Suck. <laughs> Why do you keep doing that to Robert? <laughs> it's twice today. <laughs> well, I told him he had to listen. <laughs> no, this is I think a very fun game. It is. Once we have all the rules down and know how to do combat magic, <laughs> fairly fast paced. I mean, there's like six phases, but it's really just really two phases because the rest is you're either laying your dragons or you're fighting. Mm-hmm. Whoa. You're <laughs> laying down your dragons or fighting and the rest is just kind of maintenance. But it's very fun. It's very simple to get a, get a hang of. And thematically, the dueling dragons, that really appeals to me. Um, yeah, I think this is a very fun game. Lots of, uh, lots of fun out of like what, 40 cards per player? Yeah, a little over 40. Yeah. Not counting the advanced combat. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, yeah, 20, 20 battle and like what, 26? Something like that. that, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, again, you look at it on the table. It's, yeah, it's, it's another one of those games where there's not a, not a ton of stuff, but, there's a lot packed into what is there, uh, mm-hmm. and it works works very well. So yeah, uh, fun fun factor slash overall for me is about the same. It's you know the the dra- the dueling dueling with dragons thing really appeals to me. You know, again, us uh, old school D and Ders. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is right out of the monster manual: yeah. black dragon acid, green dragon poison. You know, red dragon fireball. You know, <laughs> the, I guess the, the, I have two complaints uh here we go no no i mean <laughs> there one is going back to the, what you said about the the um the battlefields mm-hmm. it's i don't like that you have to draw from the bottom i i think it's an interesting concept that they're double-sided and there is an effect that can flip them mm-hmm. but we didn't see that enough to my mind to draw from the bottom is counterintuitive to me we didn't see that enough where i don't see why they couldn't have just done single-sided card and have the blink just take the next card and shuffle the other one in kind of thing and then the other thing and and that's minor that that does not detract from the gameplay that's just something that is not that doesn't sit well with me the other thing though was and again it's in the small text category the artwork on the cards very nice but the scroll where it 
tells you which dragon you actually have. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is very small and very hard to read. It's, um, it's small and like a cursive type yeah. font that's light on the background. Yeah, it, a, yeah a it, light ink on a light background and, you know, text. It's, uh, again, it, there are a couple dragons that I just played thinking I, I knew what it was. <laughs> um, like, I wasn't sure I was playing a bronze dragon until we came up with something that actually impacted bronze dragons. I forget what it was, but, you know, I, but, and then, the 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 text area for that is so small it doesn't say metallic bronze it just mm-hmm. says m bronze so that just two tiny complaints that don't really detract from the game but again they're just things that were like oh you put so much work into it and, and then <laughs> there's this <laughs> yeah there are a couple yeah, minor things i agree with the, the those as as minor issues but again like i said doesn't really detract from the overall game so my end result is uh, i'm all for this game i I'm in. It's like fifteen bucks for a copy on on the Kickstarter, and it's going to be, I think you said, in the twenty five thirty range when it comes retail. So he's trying to do the uh, no exclusives, but give you a discount idea on Kickstarter right now to see if people are uh, receptive to that. Because I know he was really concerned about people potentially not wanting to back it without exclusives. I think we're kind of getting away from that in the Kickstarter realm. Tides are shifting there, so. Uh, and he's doing very well. I mean, he was, uh, he, he, he was well over, I think a hundred backers within the first few hours or something like that. So yeah, it's like 15 bucks. I, and it's, it's going on right now. He, he launched it today, I believe. So, uh, Draco Magi, it's on Kickstarter right now. Definitely a good game. Definitely one to pick up and check it uh, out and get your money on there. And like I said, if I get the opportunity this weekend, I will try to do a, a at the very least, since we're doing a full review here, again, just kind of show off the game and, and show you some of the artwork we're talking about. What we're watching. I'll go. I, I don't have a lot, and there's I, I don't have a lot in most of these. <laughs> uh, since, uh, again, see house. I'm trying to buy a house. Yeah, see house, house hunting. Almost Human, of course, which I won't talk about a lot because there might be something coming later. But still watching Almost Human. Good show. Justified, of course. Excellent show. Still, uh, this is a good season so far, I think. We have uh, been watching the current, what? I just got justified because it's, well, it's just so much redneckery and it's the only show you can get away with somebody screaming out of their office, unless Hitler has risen from the grave and is coming here for a blowjob, I don't want to be disturbed. Doesn't fly on many other shows. I like uh, Michael Rappaport too Mm, on the show, so. We are uh, watching the current season of Sherlock, so we've been keeping up with that. So I've been enjoying that. Uh, American Horror Story again, still watching that. And I think the only movie we've actually watched is last night, I think it was even. Uh, we watched We're the Millers, which was very enjoyable. Was, we we, uh, we enjoyed that one. It was very funny. From your looks, I'm assuming you have not seen it. I have not. And, uh, yeah, Jennifer Aniston is hot. Just saying. What? I have lost what little respect yeah, I yeah, had yeah. for you. <laughs> Obviously, you haven't seen her in this or Horrible Bosses where she's trying to shed her. I saw Horrible Bosses. Horrible Bosses. Who knew there'd be DNA in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, she, no, in your ass. Yeah. Well, she's you know she's playing she's playing a stripper character in this one as well. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you Go. Liked it. Okay. <laughs> I'm also watching everything you mentioned, except American Horror Story. Almost Human, Justified, Arrow. Arrow is back. Mm. It's been uh, enjoyable. That's right. Yeah. Helix. We're now into ep three. It's not. Yeah. It's not really improving. All right. It's not. I Moving mean, on. It's not getting worse. <laughs> but I'll give yeah, give Ron more at least a half season on this. Just a half. <laughs> uh, and sadly, Agents of Shield came back too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've watched some of those as well. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> What we're reading slash listening to. (laughs) That poor horse. (laughs) If they're going to keep putting it on every week, I'm going to keep beating it. Mine is the voice of reason or terror, depending on which side of my arguments you agree with. And I'm sure Disney and ABC just listen to us every week. Oh, of course. (laughs) All right, what do you got? I finished The Hard Way, the latest Jack Reacher book. It was uh, very, very good. Um, He keeps, for the most part, a pretty high level of quality for his books. I mean, like I said before, it's it's the formula without being formulaic. And he keeps putting Jack in sufficiently different situations that even though you know he's going to do the same kind of investigating and and ass-kicking, it's still enjoyable every time because... The the premise is always different. Now I've moved on to, uh, still on the listening side, Abaddon's Gate, the third book. Uh, I don't know if this is the final book, but it's the third book in James S.A. Corey's Expanse. And this series just keeps getting better. I'm, I don't know, a third of the way through, and it uh, it's a continuation shortly after the, the events that ended uh, the second book. And it is just, um, I mean, it just keeps getting better. This dude writes kick ass. And, uh, you know, every book he, he shifts it a little bit. The first book was, you know, kind of the noir detective with Miller doing the search for this missing girl. And then in the second book, it shifted the events from the first book continued. And, but then it shifted into kind of high politics, you know, and there was a, a, a subtext of military in both. Now in the third book, the politics is mostly gone, or at least where I'm up to. The military is kicked up because, you know, the events at the end of the second book and, and this alien organism, uh, has galvanized all three political factions in the galaxy, in the solar system to take action. But so now there's heavy military, not a lot of shooting, but a heavy military feel to the book. And he's brought in very well done, but not preachy aspect of religion. So this alien organism has done something and he's brought in this boatload of religious people from Earth because it's it's a fundamental shift in for humanity and for how religion views the universe and, you know, creation. So it's. It's not, it's, um, it's well done. He's got a, a pastor as one of the mains, but it's not, uh, it's not preachy and it's not, um, I don't think there's an agenda here. Uh, I think it's, it's just a logical growth on what he's done as, uh, as this organism has, um, expanded its role in the galaxy, in the solar system. So yeah, uh, Abaddon's Gate, really good stuff. And if you haven't yet, 
and I keep saying it until I've done this book, go check out The Expanse, James S.A. Quarry. I finished Komar, the most recent uh, Vorkosing book that I that I was reading. I mean, it was good. It was it was predictable. This is one where she kind of failed a little bit. It was the same kind of Vorkosing adventure, but really it was kind of predictable. It's like, I don't know that she mailed this one in, but it was just uh, not up to snuff. And now I'm reading Blackout, the third in the Newsflesh series by Myra Grant. It's, you know, the world where the zombie apocalypse happened and it was documented by bloggers in the news. And it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's a short amount of time after the events of the second book. Uh, all the mains are back. You know, everybody's still in hiding after the events of the second book. And now they're trying to figure out how to. Well, not clear their name because they haven't actually been accused of anything, but how to make sure that they are safe uh, from the government, which would, of course, mean exposing the conspiracy. So they haven't with, with each book, they've kind of exposed a little bit more of this conspiracy about how z- the zombie virus. Uh, well, they give a a, a, a a pat explanation of how the zombie virus started in the first book. But now they've been the the conspiracy is. Was it weaponized afterwards? How are people using it? Is the government using zombism as... Is zombie the new terrorist? Mm. You know, if you don't do this, do the zombies win kind of a thing? If you don't buy the new card, do the terrorists win? Well, if you don't do, if you don't buy the, the latest, you know, shatter-resistant glass, do the zombies win kind of thing? So that's that's kind of where she's heading with it. And, and it's good growth. And on the comic side, I've been continuing to read some Red Lantern stuff. Only a couple more issues since the last one because the arc I finished uh, was pretty good. I just uh, need to take a break. He, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of uh, semi-intelligent zombies, uh, semi-intelligent rage lanterns now. He was the only one that was uh, fully cognizant, uh, but he's he's. Don't argue with me. Uh, he spent some time putting his his lanterns into the into the the blood sea, and that gets them a little bit more evolved. So now he's got some some semi semi intelligent lanterns that uh, can do his bidding. So there's more more useful characters rather than people just run, running around vomiting, because <laughs> that's what the red lanterns do. It's very much twenty eight days later. You know, it's they they have rage, and you know they get on you and they vomit on you, and you either disintegrate or become a red lantern. And I finished Avengers Arena. That wrapped up. A little while ago, but it was a good ending, as it should be. I mean, it was a few months ago, so spoiler alert, Arcade gets away. But it's um, it was a really good ending. You know, I was when this first started, I was wondering whether any of these characters were going to remain dead, because it's comic. But yes, these characters that died remained dead, and they showed that quite graphically in a couple of the scenes near the end in Arcade's base. It was a good ending. Nico, my favorite character from... Uh, uh, the Runaways, she survived, so yay, happy there. <laughs> a couple of their characters survived, and they're going to be going into a new series called Avengers Confidential. No, that's not right. Anyways, they're going into a new series, again, with some of the all the younger heroes, and they're going to be taking on the Masters of Evil. And uh, the first, uh, the cover was released for that a little while ago. It looks really good because it's got the surviving characters kind of sitting around this chair or throne, and Baron Zemo's on it. So it's a very interesting cover, and it's kind of harkening back to what the Runaways were originally, only it's a whole different crew. Mm-hmm. And I finished Buzzkill, which I mentioned a few months ago. This is the hero that derived his powers from alcohol. Oh, um, that's right, yeah. And he was in AA. But they, you know, his his rogues gallery found him. So this is, it was a four-issue series, and it was 
four really tight issues. And like I said, if you've known anybody that's gone through the program or if you've gone through the program yourself, there's uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, I mean, the program. There's just enough reality to the things, to his inner monologue, that if you've gone through the program or know somebody who has, you can kind of relate to some of the thoughts that are going on. But at the same time, there's the level of the ridiculous because he's a superhero that gets his powers from getting drunk. So so there's that. you know. In the second issue, the rogues gallery finds him. Um, and he's depowered because, of course, he's been straight for like a month. <laughs> and then the third issue, he's he's going through the forgiveness and repentance steps uh, with like the old team and his ex-girlfriend, stuff like that. And then the fourth step, uh, the fourth issue is the final confrontation. Uh, there are four really tight apps with just the right balance of struggle from the main character, both in terms of staying off the alcohol and uh, dealing with the people around him. And humor. Like there's one scene where he's in his meeting and you know that he gets his powers from alcohol, but it's not just alcohol. It's any drug. So there's like this one scene where he's in his meeting and he's drinking a coffee and he's like, oh, I thought this was decaf. And, and it goes through a list of like, if I drink caffeine, this is what happens. And then he takes a puff off a cigarette. And when I drink and when I get nicotine, this is what happens and blah, blah, blah. So there's like some humor there, but you know, four really tight issues and totally worthwhile. It's done. It's been done for a few months now, I think. So I don't know if there's going to be a trade because it was only four issues. But if you can find all four issues, totally worth reading. Yeah. I think I read the... I think it's the second arc in, in Invincible. So I've gone through the first two arcs. Uh, so that was pretty, I mean, I know that's like been out forever. I think they're up to a hundred and some. 107, I think, like and yeah. a couple annuals. So yeah, I've just done like the first eight issues or something like that. But uh, that's, that's a, that's a good series. I, I'll probably keep kind of slowly grabbing an arc at a time or something for that one. I like it because it's tights and fights, but it's not just tights and fights. Right. And it's really it's a really cool little take, you know, the kid coming into his powers and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, living in his dad's shadowy kind of thing or you know, trying to have a girlfriend. Yeah. All, all that stuff. And like the one, uh, where, you know, his dad's like, I, you know, I've got to go take care of this. I need you to go out in space, you know, learn how to hold your breath. Yeah. I can do it for, you know, days or something like that. You, you should be able to do it. And then, you know, and he goes out there and it ends up being like, well, if I can just talk to this guy, and it's like, oh, I've been to the wrong planet all these yeah. years, and he's his dad's like, I've no, never thought about. I, I'm just the training guy. I, I just come yeah. here once a year to see how you're doing. Yeah. I always get my ass kicked. I don't well, know. And then, <laughs> no, no, it was like, oh, this is the wrong planet. Yeah, it was yeah. Like, I, I picked the wrong planet to to do this. At. So, uh, and then you know, his dad's like, oh, I've never thought about actually just talking to him. Oh, Omni Man. <laughs> So no, you know those kind of so it's it's a cool little series. I like I said, I'll probably slow read that here mm-hmm. here and there because that's been out long enough where everything that I to play catch up is all in the ninety nine <laughs> area or something like that. Bedlam, there's been another issue of Bedlam, so I read that. I think I'm at eleven, ten or eleven or something like that. Well, I'm a few behind. Then. Something like that. Eight. So I read the most recent one. Uh, still loving that series. That's just a really solid series to me. Uh, saga. I read the most recent one. In fact, most most recent or most recent. No, yeah, well. because I think they're they must be on they must be delayed or or something because mm. uh, it dropped and it surprised me. And then when I got done, you know, I kind of do the scroll over and usually you get next episode or next issue four bucks and there's no next issue. Mm. Uh, so they must. I mean, because I was surprised when it dropped. 
because I hadn't seen one like pop into the new. So I thought, oh, I must have just missed it. So I bought it and read it and got to the end. And there's and I checked it just the other day, and there still isn't another <laughs> uh, another issue in the back end there. But still, yeah, I love that. They did have a sale on the deathmatch stuff, so I was waiting for the final trade. But they had they put them all on ninety nine cents, so I just got the last four issues and read them that way, uh, so I could finish off that series. I'm in the middle with that one. I mean, it was it was a fun little thing. Again, it was the whole the secret warsy type thing with actually being able to kill people off and stuff because it's not a known universe kind of thing. But they never really spent you know twelve issues. Uh, it was never really about what happens in the arena. It was about trying to figure out why they're all there and all of that kind of stuff. And I wasn't overly uh, thrilled with the actual ending or how and how they tried to explain it in the last four issues. Uh, and I probably would have liked maybe a little more time in the arena. You know, that's the, the, the show me a little more of the fighting. I understand you're trying to, you know, play detective outside the arena and stuff. So I'm in, I'm in the middle on that one, but it was it was a solid read uh, overall. Again, for the whole, at least for the the idea of you know they had their homage characters and having these people battle and actually like kill each other off and and that kind of stuff. So it was an interesting little read, but not something I'd like tell anybody to go out of their way to try to to go through. Well, after that glowing recommendation. <laughs> Well, I mean, it really is. It's just, and it really came down to me. Like I was pretty solid on it. I was okay with it all the way through till I got these last four issues. And then I was just like, eh, and you start, they started doing some weird stuff and I just wasn't, wasn't having it. I think it's, I think I read the first seven of Todd, the ugliest kid on earth. Mm-hmm. Have you read any of those? Mm-mm. I get a kick out of that. It's just such a bizarre comic. Have you, I mean, have you, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. It generally gets like good play everywhere. Everybody that talks about it, so it it's a, it's a solid. I mean, again, it's if you're uh, looking for something out, outside of the tights and fights thing, uh, it's it's a solid comic. I mean, it's just this. It's it's hard to describe sometimes, but it's just this kid, this this little kid that is you know Todd, he just killed everything because wears a bag on his head. Uh, his parents make him wear a bag on his head because he's so ugly. But he's like the least ugly thing in his universe. You know, he's like this just naive little kid and all this just ugly crap happens around him. He ends up in prison and all this other. And, uh, you know, he he starts, he helps with a shanky or, you know, like a a pillow or a blanket party uh, where they're like carving this carving, you know, snitch in this guy's head. And he's on the, he's on the end tickle fight. He's tickling the guy's foot, you know, just all these, it's all this bizarre stuff. I mean, it goes like prison, serial killer, demonic table. I mean, just all kinds of weird, but it's all everybody else around him are, are like, are like extremely ugly people and characters and whatnot. And he's just, you know, supposed to be the physically ugly kid. That's just the most innocent, sweet kind of kid in the world that gets caught up. He's like the Forrest Gump of this series. Like it's just, it's, it's been kind of fun. I, I, it's actually, I'm waiting for the next one to drop. Cause I really do want to want to read it. Like his parents are like horrible, just ridiculous. And then I got through all that. So I think last night I got back into uh, where I was left off with uh, book three of Preacher. So oh, I thought you were going to say expatriates there for a second. No, <laughs> no. oh, Preacher. I, I started back in on Preacher last night. So uh, that was that was fun fun to get back into. So, uh, yeah, since so many things have, uh, I'm caught up on now and 
they said, you know, fanboys versus zombies died horribly <laughs> and all that good stuff. So that's uh, what I had. Should have got out. We still had good memories. Uh, I should have. I so should have. Jackasses. <laughs> What we're playing. I've got one thing <laughs> other than, of course, review stuff. <laughs> uh, four Tribes, because we played it the other yeah. night. Yeah, I, I taught you Four Tribes the other night. That's pretty much the only thing I've played recently. Well, that's I, not true. What have I played? We got into Game of Attack Wing. Wow. <laughs> okay. Technically, yes, not, I am correct. Yeah. <laughs> not, not work related. <laughs> <laughs> well, on top of that game of attack, because yeah, I haven't done any console stuff or anything. Oh, yeah, that's a good reminder. On top of that game of attack wing, I also got a game of X wing uh, last week. Uh, nobody else showed up at uh, at Jordal's, so I asked him if he wanted to check out X wing, and he obliged. And we got in some Lost Cities the week before that, and uh, Gears and Pistons from Loot Creations. That was a fun game. I re- I really rather like that. Uh, you're trying to have you played it? No, someday. <laughs> you're trying to build a car, essentially. Uh, it's oh yeah, you're trying to build a car, and you're trying to build the cleanest car possible. And there's a little scoring track, and depending on how dirty your car is, you uh, lose points. And there's these investors, and if you meet their goals, you gain points. It's uh, it's very simple and very fast, very enjoyable. As you mentioned, four tribes, and then. Um, we had my uh, in-laws over on Saturday for dinner, and we played uh, Humbug, which is a bit of a party game. You have to hum a song. You got categories 60, 70, 80, 90s, and the aughts, and miscellaneous. As you advance through the track, you have to pick one of the two adjacent squares, and that's the category, and you got to hum the song. And if you're it's kind of strange scoring, because your opponents hope you get the points. So if they get it... You know, if everybody else guesses, if one of the other players guesses it, you get to move up. If nobody guesses it, you don't get to move up. So it's very much a, why would I even help this person kind of a thing. And a couple times I did dick out and do that to Sarah. I knew I had the song because I was grooving with her as she was trying to hum it. And I just wouldn't say it because I wanted to keep her behind me. I am an ass. A little bit. (laughs) And this is why we had Robert on speed dial during Draco Magi. (laughs) And then... The Free with Gold was um, a Tomb Raider game. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And I did pick that up, and I, I think I'm almost done. I think I'm approaching the uh, the final encounter. I forget the name of the game, but I've been playing some of that as well. Golden. Is it Golden something? Nah, I don't know, because yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I, I uh, downloaded it the other day because I figured Megan would want to check it out, but I haven't looked at it past making sure it was in the download queue. <laughs> yeah, like I said, uh, Megan's been playing a lot of console, but I haven't. She's been playing a lot of State of Decay. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's what she's been doing. I just haven't. All right. So there you go. There's another episode for you. Uh, we will be back soon. Got some uh, interviews coming up. And, of course, as of now, we will be recording on schedule. If that changes, we will make sure to let you know. But I'm Jeff King. And I'm the Canadian. Thanks for listening. Geeks.
Jordan from coast to coast. Best of the best, the number one host. So put up your cups and toast. Cause here the end we approach. But come back for more raps, more fun, more laughs, more this, more that. Up and down the mat, cause we geeked up. And thanks for showing love. We give up viewers thanks with knowledge in the bank. Cause y'all are top rank and never should be spanked. Give hope, but nope. Hey, that ain't hey, it. Hey. Oh, it's been thirty, <laughs> thirty time. straight eps. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs>